Hello. Morning. Yep, I've been up long enough to take a piss and feed my cats. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What's up, dude? Uh, Not much. I totally forgot about uh, the clock changing. Yeah, no. When it goes uh, backwards or whatever, like we change it first, but then you change it back first or something. Mm. I didn't know if you guys did that too or not. No, we're either doing it next week or following week. I don't even know anymore. Yeah, because it's now a stupid outmoded thing we do for farmers who don't need it. And and to be honest with you, even back then, the farmers didn't even want it because it was like messing up their crops or something. So it really wasn't farmers. It was just. Yeah, but now nobody wants it either. So it's like they really should do away with that shit. Yeah, Russia did away with it like 10 years ago. (laughs) Yeah, and there's, uh, I think, uh, I think Arizona doesn't do it anymore. And then I think like. uh, Utah doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's like a specific county in like one of the states that says that they don't do it. So, mm-hmm. which is kind of weird, but it's like now you're like an hour off from the rest of the state. <laughs> so, farm talk with the beam with the B team, yay! <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, you kind of voted against it as well, kind of like, but they still haven't. I don't well, know why. It sucks. Well, from uh, from farm t- to your talk, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Let's welcome. go to France. Yep. Welcome to the Team Podcast. My name is John Macy. Today I am joined by Justin Ayotte. What's going on? And Boris and Milos for our review of the first two episodes of the current season of Star Trek Picard. Um, Make it so. Absolutely. Hello, Mon Capitan. <laughs> so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna blow through. Well, not blow through, but I'm not gonna like separate the plots out for these. I'm just gonna run because I don't think there's a ton of plot here. There's just you know, they. I actually just really quick my initial thoughts on these two. I believe that the whoever writes this show were looking at the criticisms of season one, and these two were a massive improvement for me over where we were after two episodes of season one. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. For yeah, sure, were. man. For sure, somebody's looking at the old plots and episodes, and they're finally doing something yep. pretty good. So much, so many Easter eggs just in the first episode alone. Yep. It was. It I'm was not even gonna, I'm gonna try to hit as many of them as I can, but I'm not gonna get to all of them because there were a lot. Uh, and I do, and I do think they were listening to the the pacing complaints as well because this thing really fucking moves. And the yeah. first season did not. Um. Yeah, I'm actually glad we're doing both of them because it, I think they would be better as they work better as a single, you know, episode. Than, yeah, they kind of do. Yeah, they kind of do. Um, so the first thing I'm going to do is, you know, this this starts off with the um, with a, a scene in a particular place and then goes back to the and does that. TV trick or movie trick where it says 48 hours earlier at one point. I'm going to skip that and just do it in order order. Um, Cause I feel like that's too hard to explain in this medium. So um, we start off and we have moved forward about a year and a half from season one. 
Uh, Picard's back on the vineyard uh, doing stuff with the Romulan chick. You know, they're like, they're uh, preparing the harvest yield, I guess, whatever you want to call it. They're harvesting um, the crops, dude. Making wine. Right. Yeah. And it's all automated. It's all like little drones and transporters and shit. I did actually think it was kind of cool um, to, show that, to show how that operates. Um, yeah. And this is kind of important, actually. The, the husband and wife, Romulans, the husband's dead, uh, I think, because that guy got another job. So they wrote him out. Uh <laughs> So you find out that Picard has has a thing for the woman, uh, but he's too much of a stubborn little weirdo to actually do anything. With it. Um, and she would probably reciprocate, uh, which you're given in a scene towards the beginning. And then we start to find out where all of our other characters are. Picard is also actually in charge of uh, Starfleet Academy. Um, yep. So he's kind of back in Starfleet at this point. Um, yeah, he's an admiral again. Yep. We find out that um, Rafi is a commander on a new version of the Excelsior. Um, she was not a captain that I'm aware of. I think she was like head of security. Yeah. yeah. Plus, she was wearing yellow rather than red. Yep. So I assume she was not a command yep. person. Um, Elnor is in the proud tradition Academy. of of Spock, Worf, and Nog, the first Romulan cadet in Starfleet Academy. Um, and- did you did you also notice? And I pretty cool that one of the first uh, ships to board was called uh, Hikaru Sulu, and the other one was called the Excelsior, which was also captained at one point by Hikaru Sulu. Yeah, I did. I did hear Excelsior. I for I did not notice that one of the ships was named after Sulu. Yeah, the one that's called out right before Excelsior is uh, nice. Yeah. Uh, Rios is a captain again of his own Starfleet ship. He's been given a new version of the Stargazer, which um, is pretty dope too. Yeah, which uh, uh, which you know the wording there they. They keep using it as refit. I don't think that's an actual refit. I think it's a new ship. But that's oh, okay. I think I absolutely think it is. I mean, oh yeah, it's definitely a new ship. The original yeah, Starcader. Think... Well, it's not the original. Uh, maybe it's uh, yeah. the older, ver- the newer, older version of the Stargazer is refitted. Yeah, the old, old version, Picard's version, but one that came or two that came afterwards, like second right. or something. Mm. So he he's a captain. He's got his own ship. Now, again, or finally, I guess, when he left Starfleet originally, he was a commander. So Picard must have pulled some strings and got him promoted. Probably. Um, uh, hey, what a friend for, man. Yep. Gerardi is with uh, Soji on, like, it was a planet full of synthetics, or she was like an ambassador or something. Uh, Soji was. Well, I think Soji is the ambassador for the synthetics. Yep. For since, so. Now I just have to ask the question: Is this all? Do you think this is all we're going to get of her this year, or is, are they going to find some way to drag her back in? Oh, Maybe they drag, drag her back in, depending on whatever happens in the past. But I don't see it necessarily just because the card is really st- like first season was all about the synths. But yeah. I don't think they're going to cover much of that in season two. No, but it kind of sucks if she's not around. Like, I do like the character a lot. Um, Well, yeah. Plus, 
you know unless she uh unless she like shows up in like uh you know we're gonna get to it but the mirror universe you know unless she shows up as like an evil synth or something i don't know yep so um and uh there's oh, I, I fully expect boar queen to have much more to do than Soji at yep. this point in season two, so I, I don't see it. Like, yeah. I think the plot of the show is stepping so away from it. And yeah. basically, if she was gonna be involved, she would be with them. Yep, they make. I would not be surprised if they if they find her later, but I also wouldn't. Yeah, be later, definitely later. But like, I also wouldn't. Main plot of the C two, I don't see it happening. Yeah, I also wouldn't be shocked if she doesn't show up again until season three. Which, according yeah. to reports like, that I've seen, which according to reports that I've seen, is now finished. Um, yep, yep, so, it is. Or at least, oh, nice. or at least, principal photography is finished. I'm sure they have yeah. a lot of post. Um, oh yeah, definitely. Uh, okay, so that hits everyone. Uh, uh, hey, just uh, just seven uh, of nine. Does oh, hit yep. seven of nine? Seven of nine now has uh rios's old ship and she's running around doing fenris ranger shit la sirena yep yeah. i'm kind of bummed that they took the red paint job off of it actually it's a pretty uh, cool it's, uh, mentioned the fact that uh, she found a way to take all of the rios uh, emhs and merge them into one who does basically oh, really everything. Oh, did they do that? I like the fact yeah. there are like five of them. I, I didn't yeah, notice. There's only one. There's only one, and he does everything. Basically, she merged them together. Yeah, and she, and he speaks Spanish only. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I think that's by design. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. But I think the look of La Sirena is a pretty cool Easter egg to how uh, start, uh, the USS Voyager looked. At the beginning of season four, at and the end of season four, the first season Jerry Ryan was there. Yep, it was all beat up. Like uh, I even mentioned it to Milos a few times over the years. Uh, like it's all beat up and you know repaired, and you know they put uh, basically, for lack of a better word, duct tape on it on the outside, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah, I think yeah, that's. Uh, I was kind of bummed that they took. I was kind of bummed that they took the red highlights out of it. Because I kind of like that. Yeah, me too, man. Um, but uh, you mentioned earlier how Worf and Nog were the first of their species to be in a Starfleet. But, yep. you know, at one point, uh, Picard tells Elnor that... Uh, and I found this interesting. I didn't necessarily pay attention before. Maybe they never said it because it was so small detail. Uh, but he said that uh, Spock was one of the first Vulcans in the Starfleet. Spock was the first Vulcan. Actually. Yeah, but yeah, Picard said like, he was like that. one of the first Vulcans, which yeah. was amazing to me because I don't remember it being brought earlier, like Spock in the, was the original first, series Spock and whatever. Was the first Vulcan, because that thing in in the '09 movie where he turns down the position at the Vulcan Science Academy, that was in might have been Journey to Journey to Babel that that comes up. In the in the '60s show, it it was established somewhere that he was the first Vulcan in Starfleet Academy. Um, well, I must have missed it or not paid yeah. enough attention or just forgot about it. But, yeah, uh, yeah. I it thought was, it was it, interesting they brought it up. Yeah, it's been brought up a few times, even in um, I think in like the Sarek episodes of uh, Next Gen, talked yep. about how he was you possible, know, the first possible. first Vulcan in in Starfleet. Yep. So. Uh, after you know, Picard gives like the commencement speech at the academy, 
And um, after that, he goes back to the vineyard and uh, he's approached by a, a Starfleet admiral who says, yeah, we found this like space time riff rip thing somewhere. And there's a broadcast coming out of it and it's asking for you. So like, like how many you... of you knew it was Borg as soon as you saw it? I knew it immediately. I, because... I knew it immediately because it was fucking gr- that weird color green that they always use for yeah, them. Exactly. And I, yeah. And I knew that the Borg Queen was somehow going to play into the rest of the plot, so I knew it had to involve them somehow. Um, so uh, Picard ends up on the Stargazer with Rios and Gerardi and Sevens in the area anyway. So, like, because she just happens to be near them. And they get to this riff thing. And um, I think Rafi's there with the Excelsior, too. So, Rafi and Elnor are also there. Um, Well, Rafi's the ship that picks picks up Picard. Oh right! Oh right! 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 Yeah, that's true. And seven seven was uh, in the area, and then she her computer saw the anomaly, and she went to check it out. Right. So, uh, the Borg communicate with Picard, and then what I assume is the Queen or a Queen shows up on the bridge and starts messing with shit. Um, I I have a I have a theory about that, but we can save that till after the plot. Right. Uh, or just go you, with it now, so you don't forget. You find out too that um, some Starfleet ships, some Starfleet ships, started integrating Borg technology after season one. To which I immediately went, "Oh yes, that's a wonderful idea. Do that. That's a brilliant idea." Well, you <laughs> except know, it's even, not. Yeah, but even Voyager, you know, in the Delta Quadrant, they had like Borg upgrades to certain parts of the ship and stuff. You know. Yeah, I do think yeah, Voyager was different. Voyager, in a lot of ways, did that out of necessity, however. Exactly. Um, so then, they couldn't always find Federation parts for their ships. Yep. So then the, so they had to deal with whatever they have. You know, they could as, we come to the, as we come to the tail end of the first episode, I should also mention that Picard's having like flashbacks to his childhood that imply that he might have had an abusive father. Um, I'm not sure how that stuff's going to play in later, but it's there. Uh so then there's a whole confrontation on the on the Stargazer bridge. You know, Picard's trying to do the diplomatic thing and keep this from blowing up. Seven's automatically just like, kill it, kill it, kill it, kill it. Uh, channeling Worf, who as far <laughs> as I know, she's never met, but whatever. Um, although she has reason to want to do that. I mean, given, yep. her, experiences, given her experiences with the Borg, I didn't find it as reflexive as whenever Worf was like, shoot it in the face. Uh, yeah, but see, so, that, was, that was in Worf's nature to, like, like want to, like, you know, destroy the thing first and not do, diplo- uh, you know, diplomacy. Yep. Uh, you know, w- with her, it's, it's your like, first ask questions later. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, there might be some part of this I've missed, but I'm sure we're going to get back to this. Stargazer blows up and... Uh, well, uh, Picard initiates self-destruct. Because I'm the only way to stop yeah. the Borg Queen from basically oh, okay. accessing control okay. of every Federation ship. Yeah, because right. the because the, new... the integrated Borg technology in this yeah. said starship. So, yeah. Right. Uh, so yeah, self-destruct. Stargazer blows up. Picard somehow wakes up back on the vineyard, and everything's fucked up. Uh, he has like. You know, Laris is gone. 
he has like a synth butler guy. Uh, I can't remember if this part comes into the second episode or not, but he ha- comes at the end a- of the first episode. Yeah, he has Romulan slave labor that there. Comes the it comes in the second episode. episode. Yeah, that's in the second one, but basically right. the first episode ends with uh, Q showing up, up yep. turning turning from you know uh, young to old, and, and but yeah, which I think was definitely done. Like they didn't Start just give you old Q straight away. Yeah, the, the young Q, and then he was like, "Oh, now I'm gonna look more like age." Which so I which I I see. Yeah, I see that one as better than what they tried to do with Guinan and trying to explain away the fact that Whoopi Goldberg is 30 years older than she was back then. <laughs> oh, yeah, we because... left Guinan, didn't we? Uh, yeah. before, the, before all the shit breaks out, Picard goes to L.A. to uh, Guinan's to... running a bar. Guinan's running a bar in L.A. Of course he is. And, and do you know where that bar is? On the Forward mm-hmm. Avenue. No, because... 10 forward avenue no it's oh, called no. just forward avenue it's, yeah but the building the, is cool. yeah the building's 10 though so the address yep. of the bar is 10 yep. forward avenue yep. oh cute okay yeah because yeah, <laughs> I, I had to scroll by that like twice just to make sure it was the whole yep. like it says like an historic avenue something but yeah for, forward any... avenue uh, historic district yeah was, yep. but no so details they... on why it's historic or why so he's there to like he has some wine from the vineyard to give her and they have a whole conversation about like why is Picard being such a pussy about this woman. Um and it was actually I really enjoyed it. Like I wasn't sure how they were gonna get her in in a way that made sense, but she was very good. She still got it. She still knows how to play this character pretty well. Um, oh, yeah, I, 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 really liked, uh, I really liked her being on that too. Yep. And I actually do think when they go back to when they go back to 2024, you're going to see her again. This is not the Probably. end of that. Oh, hopefully, um, hopefully they use some of the de-aging stuff they did on Q because the excuse they gave for why she's just randomly, you know, starting to age now. And when she was like, you know, the same way she looked 500 years ago back in next gen, you know, because her, oh, yeah, her race isn't supposed to age. And, well, didn't she say something she, about she say something about they could control their aging process? Yeah, yep. well, I I think that was just kind of like a way to say like, you know, we 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 can't de-age her for this entire scene, so we're just gonna keep her the way she is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they put a lot of makeup on her, and they try. Mm-hmm. I mean, it get, get, I mean, they uh, try. It goes to show. Yeah, again, it goes to show somebody didn't, you know, watch uh, old Next shows show. and yeah. previous yep. episodes. Yeah, for sure. So just Picard's like, just like with Picard. the refit thing. Yep, back yep. to the very end of episode one. Picard's back in the vineyard. Stuff's fucked up, and suddenly he hears that voice. And Hello, I love Mon Capitan. I love his reaction. He's just like, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, and I think at one point he's just like, God damn it. <laughs> um, and then Q shows up. I did think the uh, the. 45 seconds of de-aging or whatever it was they did on Delancey looked pretty bad. Um, agreed. Agreed. It was, it was, I won't say awful, but it was pretty obvious. I mean, yep. they should have brought but, in someone from, you know, from Disney or Marvel to, to work on it a little yep. bit. But knowing they well, the thing is, I think because Q was going to be aged, 
Like there was just that one scene where he was gonna look younger. So I think they didn't. They kind of half-assed yeah. it. I think they want. I think they also wanted that one moment of like, in case there were audience members who, if they showed him old initially, people would be like, "Is that cure? Is that supposed to be somebody else?" So possible. Like, possible. I, yeah. I feel like they showed him the way he used to look for even that little bit, so that the audience would know, "Yes, this is Q." You yeah. know. Yeah, because uh, they they definitely don't age. Like the Q continuum. Yeah. They don't they don't Although have like he, ages or anything. Yep. He has aged pretty well, I'll give him that. Like oh, yeah, he, oh yeah. <laughs> For sure. So uh episode two opens. There's a lot of dialogue between uh uh Picard and Q about what this universe is. Um you know, hey, environmental did you... Sorry for, uh, but no, go ahead. In. But uh, did any of you think that uh, Picard's uh, synthoid butler might have been Borg at first, at the end of the first episode? No, I thought, I thought it, was, it no. might be Borg because I thought it no. might be Borg because of I, no, because they look just like the synths at first from the whole Mars. Yeah, I just thought yeah. it was one decision. <laughs> so that's who they. Were. Um. Well. So, so yeah, Q explains that you know this version of the, I guess this version of Earth is run by something called the Confederation instead yep. of the Federation. Um, so environment- environmentally, the planet's a wreck. They have like a giant force shield around it to keep the sun from destroying it, basically. Um, and Picard, you find out that Picard is this awesome general guy for the Confederation military. And I gotta say that uh, they they go into this Picard's like trophy room and it's all weapons from other races, and then they skulls. get to the ta- then they get to the table of skulls, and I was actually a little disturbed. <laughs> um, uh, Q calls out that Picard killed Gulducat, so we see a Cardassian skull. Uh, yep. Gen- General Martok, yep, and Zarek. Uh, yep. To which I was absolutely freaking out that they dropped. Deep Space Nine people, I was just like, oh my god, like that is so because Deep Space Nine has always kind of been the show they ignore. So like, well, they two, even name drop Cisco. Yeah, yep. that that comes yeah. later. Well, that to, I be, to be fair, wasn't uh, Gal Dukat um, introduced in Next Gen first? It was not then... the, same, the same actor. It was not the same character. Oh, yeah. all right. I thought he was the one that he was, was always that the DS Nine guy. Almost set uh, was a different. Almost oh, set. set. That's guy, what it was. But it was That's the right. same same actor. Um, oh, okay, okay, okay. Actually, in the in the non-canon novels, they established that because the all the a lot of the non-canon novels are set after Deep Space Nine ends, mm-hmm. and they established that Masset was a cousin of Ducat who looked enough like him that it once he went insane and everything. Uh, Masset looked enough like him that it ruined his career. Because everybody thought he was Ducat. Gotcha. So way to, way to explain yeah. it away. <laughs> yeah, no. definitely came up with something for that. So, um, so yeah, there's a lot of dialogue here between you know Picard and Q, and it, it was great. The stuff was great. Like I was, mm. my concern with Q going into this was, I almost kind of felt like. Because of, and I've always felt like this is a concession to the power level. Like, because he's basically a god, they kind of have made him almost an entirely comedic character because otherwise he would just kill them in five minutes. 
right? But he's back to his A game of like being an actual threat in this episode. And I was just, I was floored. I mean, the, the trial never ends. Yep. The oh, dialogue yeah. here was great. I mean, exactly. Hugh actually slaps him, which I thought was. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um, so after all their, their dialogue, and I actually kind of applaud them for like, after that dialogue scene, Q just disappears for the rest of the episode. I kind of figured he'd be tagging along and annoying them the whole time. Um, Which would it, be fun. Yeah, but this is more yeah. like peak you, you know. Yeah. Here, deal with it. Bye-bye. And he's gone. See him, I want to see him interact with the other La Serena people at some point. But I don't oh, think yeah, we I think need... he definitely, they're not bringing Q back just for this. Yep. And then not having him back. Like, he's going to pop up. He'll continue Most to show up. Yeah, so, yeah, like he did in Sherwood Forest. He'll always pop up somewhere. Yep. So uh, we find out that um, because, you know, so Q has basically challenged Picard to, like, figure out how to get out of this, right? It's obviously like a like an altered timeline or par- parallel universe or something. It's and not he's a parallel of... universe. He, he tells Picard that he went back into his history and changed something in the timeline. So uh, basically, see, it is their timeline. I'm going to challenge that. I don't think Picard, I don't think Q actually did it. Well, you know what? He did do something. And yeah. when you mentioned that yeah. Picard yeah. might have an abusive father, I'm starting to yeah. think that might be what he changed as yeah. well. So I don't think, whatever this is, I don't think Q did it. Because he actually says at one point during the during the dialogue, and I, I wrote this down. I thought it was so important. He actually yep. says, uh, he actually says, um, confront them with a world of their own making, and they ask what you've done. So I don't believe Q actually did this. I think somebody else did this, and Q was actually trying to help them fix it. Hmm. Well. I don't know, but we know that Q is I guess we'll find out. or something because Picard brought and, it up. And uh, just Q to bounce weird. off what John said. I'm sorry, boys. Yeah, go ahead. Just to bounce off what John said, like, I, I kind of agree. Because the way Q comes off, it wasn't like, hey, I'm going to show you something and boom, like, I'm going to change your past. Like, he wasn't, he gets directly involved but it's like also everything that he does it's you know he lets humans make their own decisions all the time as much as yep. he tries to influence them so when they go back to wherever they're going which we'll hopefully find out next episode like yeah i i'm with you i don't think you changed anything no i, I think actually somebody think... else did something and Q i actually just... think it was um i think you're gonna find out it was uh because spiner's in this show still and yeah. I think I think you're gonna find out that either the version of Spiner that we've seen on this show somehow went back in time and did something, or an earlier version of like an earlier descendant of, or you know, an ancestor of Sung somehow did something to screw with history. Um, um, I don't know. I think I think Q is to to blame for it just because, agreed, because... just because we've we've also seen. Like in the, I mean, me and John have seen in the trailer that Q is showing up in 2024, I think. So, uh, yeah, so I think, you know. 
I mean, yeah, granted the trailer could be, you know, trying to, you know, to mislead you, but yeah. um I th- I think Q um is doing something to prove like he's he's it's one of these Qisms if they go by how Q is where you know Q takes like an one tiny aspect of humanity and then blames everybody in humanity for like one little action and then like Picard has to explain to him that like not every human is like that or whatever. Like that's yep. what it ends up becoming when it's between uh Q and Picard. And yep. um you know, he says something about um, the road, the road not traveled or whatever, which also makes me think that um, that it has something to do with him trying to teach Picard a particular lesson because of something with his past, because that it kind of does give me a little bit of uh, tapestry vibes where when he, you know, went back and changed the Nosigan from killing him or whatever it showed him, you know, what his life could be. That That's kind of the vibe I kind of get from this one, too, is that, like, um, is that he did something where now all of a sudden, like, the moral standing of the great Jean-Luc Picard is, like, turned on its head, you know? Yep. So, yep. I don't know. I definitely think there's something to that, yeah. Yeah, plus, plus. Go ahead. You're good. And you know, I was, I, and you know, I thought too that Q looks weird. You know, he acts like he's sick or going crazy or something. So you know, Q could be doing mm. something. And you know, I also liked uh, because at the end of the first episode, I thought it could be the Mirror Universe, and we were finally gonna get you know Picard's version of Mirror Universe, so to speak. Mm. But then you know, and especially when uh, Q drops those words, "Welcome to Mirror Darkly" or something, which was the Mirror episodes of Star Trek Enterprise. But no, it's a changed reality, and Q did something. What it is, yep. or did he influence someone to do something different? We don't know yet, but I'm sure we'll find out next yep. week. And also, the next amazing episode of yeah. Star Trek Picard. And uh, this this is where I'll drop my theory on the Borg Queen, um, the tentacle octopus Borg Queen. Mm-hmm. Um, I I had just recently, right before we started this, I watched uh, uh, Red Letter Media's uh, review of episode one, and Rich Evans has got me convinced that uh, um, the new Borg Queen is Picard's mother. Ah. I think that's, that's I think that's what I think that's what it's gonna be because that's she says the, but I can see it. I know, I know it's ridiculous, but for some reason, with this, what they do with Trek nowadays, I can't put it past them. And uh, because she says, when Picard is looking at the Borg Queen as she's like taking over the Stargazer and the fleet, uh, the Borg Queen says, "Look up," just like her, just like his mother did um, back See, in I the planetarium thing, the garden, you know, whatever the thing that uh, the glass broke. You could be you could be right about that. I wrote that off to well, the Borg have his memories anyway. So yeah, but why, why, but why don't we see her face? That's why true. You yeah. know why? Why is the Borg Queen's face yeah. not shown? You know what I mean. And so it, it makes is. you want to. And then they kind of throw you off by showing you the old Borg Queen in the thing for Eradication Day. But it's like. Why didn't you show her then, though? You know what I mean. Like, why is yeah. she like shouted in this like weird, like Doc Ock, you know, outfit thing? You know what I mean. So I, it is gonna yeah, be. Yeah, I can, I can see it. It is gonna be something that's stupid, and it 
Plus, oh, it could geez. be from another. Plus, it could be from another timeline that she that yeah. that opening because it is a rift time that that thing is supposed to be. So maybe in this particular like universe or whatever, uh, Picard's mother became the board queen or whatever. I don't know. Yep. So we well, find out that that uh, Q did not want Picard to be dealing with this completely alone. So the only other people who are aware that history has been screwed with are the other La Serena people. So yep. then we get to we find out that Seven is the president of the Confederation <laughs> for one, uh, which I thought was hilarious. Um, and it's not really meant to be that, but I just I could picture her like if, you know, this this universe is supposed to be like darker versions of these people in the same way that the mirror universe is like it completely made sense to me that oh she would absolutely be the president because you know like and she's never been a borg in this reality because she doesn't have the eye thing or the the hand thing anymore um well they say uh the borg the borg queen looks at her and says annika hansen escaped from assimilation or whatever something exactly Well, because the Borg Queen, I think, remembers the old timeline as well. She does. So, yeah, oh, yeah, but, yeah they, but, what I'm, but what I'm saying though, is that is that like she was saying what happened in this universe, not the other universe, and so she's like freaking out and spazzing out because she's like all confused because she's yep. remembering all the timelines. Yep. True, but uh, they do set that up in which this queen actually has access to all the other timelines, which is why she, when she sees Picard, he goes, oh, in the Kutis. Yeah. And, like, uh, her, which is her, something that still didn't happen in that universe, but yet here, you know, here the Borkman is, she knows yep. who he is. So. Her, uh, <clears throat> her slime bag functionary too. Yeah, what by, the fuck is that, man? I mean... Played by uh, Issa Briones's father. I, I find Issa his whole his whole his whole role again. is pretty stupid in a way. Like yeah, I don't know. I, it's I, annoying. Very much either, but you're not supposed to. I don't think. Um, Hopefully, he dies in the next episode. So something. she's the president. <laughs> um, <laughs> Ger- well, they did hook up. Uh, they did hook up the boy to the La Sirena. So yes, they did. Now yep. the merge uh, EMH uh, Rios's are gonna kick her ass or something, or sorry, his yep. ass. Yep, I can uh, already happening. Oh, you think that's how they're gonna get out of that thing at the end? Yeah, I probably. Um, so Gerardi's just a science, still doing science stuff. Um, and she's she had a like a virtual cat voiced by Patton Oswalt, which I yeah. thought was quite funny. Um, spot what uh, 22 yeah something yeah. like that uh, Elnor was part of like an alien resistance basically and he's about to get arrested well, he was kind of in charge of it right but he has no clue what's going on because none of them yeah remember. because we're just dropped there like everybody was just dropped there like their characters, like you know, he's in like Japan or something, and he's suddenly like with this group of people, and they're blowing up buildings. And he has no clue what's going on. Yeah, um, Okinawa, Okinawa, yep. where yep. Uh, Daystrom Institute is located. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. And then Rafi shows up and uh, gets him out of it. Like pretends to arrest him, basically, and they go. They all go to the same uh, Confederation facility, so they're all in the same place except for 
Uh, Rios is out on the Las Arena, which he apparently still has, but he's part of a, a fleet uh, involved in a battle with the Vulcans. Um, yep. And he has, again, he has no clue what's going on. He suddenly wakes up in the middle of this and he's like, why is this, why is this happening? Where are we? Um, and so... That's seven, where we get the uh, Cisco name drop. Oh, because, that, was, that was because she asked for um, 7S her, yeah. put her in contact with somebody in Starfleet. And he goes, oh, I can I can reach General Cisco for you in, in like two minutes. And she goes, oh, no, I want uh, Cristobal Rios. This guy. <laughs> so, yeah, apparently he, Cisco must be in charge of the uh, Vulcan War and of the Confederacy. So that's why yep. she was going to get put in touch with him. But, you know, she noticed that uh, Rios was there, too. Yeah, I popped up the Cisco thing. I was like, "That's awesome." <laughs> yeah. so, so, I mean, well, I don't you think know, uh, with this alternate timeline, they really do have a chance to bring some of the characters from other shows back, like Harry Kim and Tom Paris or Chakotay. Like that would yep. be awesome, man. Well, and even how... Janeway, I would like to. I mean, we saw Jane, Evil Janeway before, but yeah, I think it would be great to see her again. I have ask and somebody this i can't remember who asked me this but this is not my idea um would it have made sense to make seven's husband chakotay yes mm. yes it would it would have made well, more thing, sense uh depending on whether they bring him back for more stuff and depending on what exactly like maybe Chicote shows up and maybe Chicote has a different role. Maybe Chicote is there in the past or whatever because they're essentially going to kill their husband, probably, most likely. Yeah. So, you know, at that point, you're going to be bringing Chicote, who's going to be evil, basically, and you're going to kill him off. And then all the Voyager fans, boys, are going to be like, no, why did you even bring him back? You, make a, great, evil. you make a great you point. You just kill him off. Yeah, but yes. you make a great point. They would not necessarily have to need to kill him off, but they could do something else with him. Of course, if they want to kill the yeah, husband they're off. Gonna, he, you know he's going out the airlock, right? Like, that's the only logical solution here. Oh, that is just your favorite. Queen takes control of La Sina, and she's going to jet him out the airlock. And I'm going to be <laughs> so happy because at least somebody goes out the airlock. That probably yep. won't happen because something, something, something. Like, you know, the only logical solution watching that episode is like, oh, Berkeley has control of La Sirena. KMH Rios shows up and they'll go at the airlock. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> Done. Um, yeah. But so. uh, to John's point before, uh, I think uh, one of the reasons why Borg Queen might actually turn out uh, to be his mother and why he's so different. That was when, just you said, point. when you said uh, his father was abusive, I think that might play a huge influence on why this universe is this way or something. I don't know, man, but it makes a lot of sense. That's possible. I could see it. Um, so basically, the four of them con- concoct this plan to um, they figure out do they figure out or is, does Q just tell them that the key thing that affected this timeline was in 2024. Borg Queen yeah. um, said it. They so asked, Borg Queen uh, figures it out. Does well, they, well uh, she, uh, she I think it's point. Picard. Yeah, it's Picard who asks, like, you know, you can, you know, you because uh, Seven realizes that she can see all the different timelines. And so uh, Picard, like, basically interrogates 
find out like what she knows and she asks, when 2024 where Los Angeles and uh, yep. that's all she has or whatever so okay. they know that they have to go to 2024 Los Angeles yep okay that's, so uh, yep. so they the the confederation is going to do this whole thing that Justin mentioned earlier called eradication day where they have the last member of a species that's resisted the confederation they're going to kill it very publicly I so don't think it's to... necessarily the last person of this species. I think it just turned out that the boar queen is the last of the first species, but they usually just kill aliens and, you know, other other aliens. Yeah, that's why today is special. Because it's going to kill have, Elnor as they, well. Right. That's why today was special for them because usually it's just like a group of, like, you know, aliens that they round up and kill for display, but... Uh, for this one, because you have, have the whole like calling, you know, the the future is human. Yeah. So or whatever. I'm yeah, so, uh, yeah. So this time they have the Borg, so they can take out, you know, the the greatest enemy to humankind, which is the Borg, you know, and they'll take out their leader. Yep. So, um, instead of going through with all that, the four of them uh, hatch a plan to kind of steal the Borg Queen and go back in time to fix whatever this is but the douchebag husband time. the douchebag husband and a couple of his military guys pop up on the lost arena at the last second and put them at gunpoint and episode ends um and there's the whole uh when they try to figure out how they're actually going to go to the past they name drop the whole uh slingshot uh, original uh, yeah yep, Spock and captain kirk doing it Originally. I don't think I don't think Rios's shitty little ship would hold up to a slingshot maneuver, but that's just me. Well, I guess we're gonna find out. I mean, yeah. that bird that bird of prey barely did, you know. True. Um, <laughs> barely. I, I have to say one other thing too that they've at least the first two episodes have been really good at is ending in ways that make me angry that it's over because I just want more of it right away. You know, like, you know I did. I did Upon watching the first episode, I did message you, and I was like, "Well, this is bingeable." Yeah, mm. like the waiting between weeks is gonna kill her if they keep right. this level of like. But they've almost done—they've almost done it in a different way. Where with a lot of season one early on, I was like, "When are they actually gonna do anything?" Now it's like, I can't believe they ended it right here, and I have to sit on my thumb for a week and wait for more of this. Agreed. But you know what my biggest problem yeah. is uh, with these series is that Star Trek always ends on every episode ends on a good on a good in a good way. You know, everything goes back to normal. They save the world. They save the planet. And that's the only problem issue I have with these series, because I know at the end, at the last episode, episode 10, I know everything will be fine. Although and- not necessarily because if they if they've done all of the next season already, they could have known that this would play out longer than that. Perhaps. But at the end of the day, it still stands to reason that things will go back to normal because this is Star Trek. I heard a, I heard a rumor the other day from uh, a guy on a podcast that I listen to who has friends in the production that, you know that thing I said when we did season one about during season three, they should take somebody from TNG and put them on this show. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. it leads me to believe they might actually be doing that in season three. Um, but well, I guess we'll- yeah, there's there's been rumors that Lavar um, and Michael Dorn are uh, going to be on Picard at some point. I don't know if it's season two or season three, but they talked yeah. about bringing them back because they couldn't. Because yep. I guess they tried to for season one, but with scheduling and everything, I guess they couldn't make it happen. Uh, but yeah. they they want to bring back Jordy and Worf. So nice. Uh, yeah, so I got to say, I am really pleased with what they're doing here. Same I mean, here, dude. Same here. But still, you know, at the end of the day, I'm still pissed because I know it will all go back to normal. And all this excitement and thrill that they put us through every week, I know it's kind, of, it's great and all, but at the end of the day, it's also kind of useless. Yeah, Just enjoy the ride, man. But think, but think about it. But think about it. It's like uh, at the end of season one, I mean – you know, obviously you knew Picard wasn't going to die, but they did technically kill him and then put him in a robot body. I mean, did you think that was going to happen? So, I mean, there's stuff that... No, you know, not necessarily. Kind of, uh, dude, I, 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 I'm still enjoying these episodes and I can't yeah. wait for the next one. Yeah. But, I, I, you know, I, I can't help myself but think, you know, it's all going to turn out okay because this is Star Trek. Well, and you were... like most movies and most shows, I mean, eventually, like, you know, whoever the heroes are tend to... Uh, you know, usually it, yeah. save the day or whatever. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah, and, uh, I know. I was actually yeah. very curious about your reaction, Boris, because you were probably the uh, biggest critic of season one when we did that. Yes, but season two improved it so very, so much. I mean, I just can't believe what they're doing. And I was yep. also kind of hoping that, you know, Q put Picard at the end of the first episode into a Mirror Universe or some other kind of parallel universe and i was kind of bummed that it was the same reality but somebody you know did something to it and so i'm kind of bummed about it because you know how much i hate the alternate futures and realities and stuff it just kind of i don't know i think it's been played out so like putting them into another into another universe would have made more sense in a way i'm curious to see what what they do because usually these alternate timeline things are like single episode and out things i'm curious to see what they're what they can do with it in a situation where um in a situation where they can play it out for you know assuming they spend the rest of the vast majority of the le- the last you know because there's eight hours of the show left and yeah if, but yep. you know the thing i like the-, the thing i like whenever q appears like no matter what he does or what's happening like it's always real so yeah. like, there's actual real consequences if they don't, you know, if they're not able to, you know, switch back the time, like restore the reality to what it is, like uh, yep. they could be living in some real deep shit. So, yep. Now, I actually, I really enjoyed this too, because I feel like now, and I think this is part of the pacing too, like now that all these these characters are established and Picard's relationships with them are established and their relationships with each other are established. You don't have to take as much time as they did initially to set all that up. It's already there. Agreed. And, and um, I loved little things like, and I know there's no, like the fact that Rios always had a cigar in his hand, even on the bridge of a fucking Starfleet ship. Yeah, I was I gonna bring that, that up. Hysterical. I just found that hilarious. Yeah, I like, love that part. Like yeah. I said, this when we did our season one uh, 
reviews. Like Rios is probably my favorite character on there. Yep. I'm kind of so. sad he's. Not, I'm kind of sad he's not a pirate anymore. But he's kind of going to have to go back to that with the situation they're in now. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, yep. I, I wouldn't mind uh, if Agnes joined them in that whole airlock situation. Uh, agreed. Agnes Girardi is annoying as she was annoying as hell in season one. I did uh, not. She's like still. Her. She's still leaving the stink. I did not like her at the end of season one. I think they're doing the best they can to fix that. Um, the and Justin, you did call this out. They did say that she was pretty much cleared from murdering Maddox because they determined her to be uh, influenced by an alien, which I thought was lame because they didn't do enough to show that. Uh, Actually, I, I'm glad they kind of skipped over. She brings it up in the episode, which yeah, I she thought was pretty cool. Fun. But I kind, I you know, I just. I'm glad some of the things were left out, and I'm not so much, and not so, and vice versa. You know, well, my, I'm not so own, glad. So, hey, uh, just a question. I'm just trying to figure something out here. The time jump between the end of season one and the beginning of season two, what are we looking at here exactly? Hmm? It's supposed to be a year and a half later. Year and Which, a half. Year later, and a half. And, and, yep, and, and we're somehow, supposed to that's how long it takes to finish Starfleet Academy. Year and a half. I, no, I was no, just about still, to say that. He's still a cadet. Is no, that he, what he, no, he's, no, he's, uh, he no, he graduated. He graduated. He's yes, going he's on the he's Excelsior. Still a cadet. Yeah, but he's still a cadet. You know, that's the thing. He's still a cadet. Oh, yeah, you're right. Could he have finished Starfleet Academy in a year and a half? Yeah, that's a exactly. good point. That, that's, that, that was my question. Because here's the thing. One thing that this show uh, leaves out, but actually does a great job of doing, is actually, uh, and John, you mentioned this, when you look at it, like the the, um, the characters are developed. Uh, yeah. Part of that is due to the fact that they spent season one doing it as much as they did. Yeah. But part of that is the actual time jump and the way that we pick off now the relationships between them. Like yeah. Everything feels it flows a lot more naturally, and I think that has a lot to do with writing, but also has a lot to do with acting. Yeah, these guys act them out. Like, oh, I agree, and it's a and it's a group of great actors that they've surrounded him with exactly. too. Exactly, like, so you don't have to spend a lot of time like working on the inner character relationships. Like, and yeah, you can just focus but, on the plot more because the relationship within, with, you know, with characters they come more easily. I don't know. I just uh, going back to the whole like him finishing or at least like almost finishing Starfleet in like a year and a half. I think was kind of a cheat. And then also, uh, yeah, um, he, he went well, from. That's like, why I thought the time jump was bigger. Yeah, and he went well, from he went be from beheading uh, he went from beheading Romulans to being like perfect for Starfleet Academy. Like I don't know, it's just kind of weird that like yeah, but a lot of that would have to do with scary. everything that was happening with the missions. So like that part don't even like mind as much that he would be like integrated and probably at some point if Picard was gonna take uh, control of the academy, I think Elrond going in would be one of those like. Like, I'm not doing this Elrond, unless you can join. I'm picturing mm. Hugo weaving a Starfleet uniform. Damn it. Yeah. But uh, how many of you think that we might actually get the uh, Starfleet Academy show set in 25th century now? You, uh, um, you but could. Probably, but that, that, that did flash my mind. But then you're making it a Picard yeah. thing again. You could not necessarily, but not... not necessarily. Well, like, no, he's the admiral, so he's just yeah, gonna but... like he's gonna jump in. Like you, he, he doesn't have to be there every episode, but he's still the uh, 
in charge of the academy. Yeah, well, this, like, this is going to be, be like, after. He's going to show up like three times per season. Like, makes no sense. Well, this could yeah, be after the timeline is a lot better. Makes a lot more sense. Well, the the Starfleet Academy show, I mean, it could happen pretty much like, you know, after Picard is, you know, officially, you know, gone. Over, and, yeah. uh, you know, somebody, yeah, yeah, but you know, and some, still dealing with the tailback. The so he's still dealing with flashback. You know, because Picard just died and he was the admiral and he was in charge of the academy. So you kind of deal with the aftermath of he, him dying in the show, which, like, yeah. I think is away from the show. So, well, I, did. Well, I don't, I mean, it does not necessarily, doesn't, doesn't have to be that. Well, not necessarily, I mean, but you has, could just do, like, you know, everything you could that just happens. Be, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, man. No, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Because everything that's going to happen is going to be with the aftermath of Picard passing away. Like, that, that's going to loom mm. everything that happens with the Academy. I think they're going to go back. My, and that's my problem. Them. And, like, Discovery, you already have, like, sort of a show that's, uh, like, a character that can lead the show. And then you have the setting in which you can do pretty much anything because there's literally nothing looming for it. Well, I mean, he does he does loom over everything because he's Jean-Luc Picard, just the way that Kirk exactly. and Spock uh, was, you know, over everything because of who they were. I mean, you know, when, yep. when somebody dies like that, obviously you're going to have like, you know, oh yeah, you know, uh, Jean-Luc Picard was the, uh, you know, the leader of the Academy, but now, you know, it's a new age, blah, blah, blah. So you could set in the 25th century. Um, or you could do it like around the time of uh, Prodigy. Uh, you could you could set it like you know before Card happens, and you could set it like right after Nemesis and stuff like that. So all these people are still around technically, but just don't loom over the show. I just don't see them going all the way back to like Strange New Worlds and and Discovery's time era because um, I, th- right. I think well, they're Discovery, doing I think they're doing too much. Justin, what you what you don't what you don't know because you don't watch it is this. yeah I know now now they're in like now they're in like the eighty yeah. fifth century or right. something and they yeah. do and they have they have reestablished Starfleet Academy in that time so uh, our uh, was that, that the Academy shows can be set during that as well and the character that kind of stepped away from Discovery there's yeah. a character that was a big part of Discovery that kind of the way to work at the Academy. So with her, you know, with the academy or just working there, like you kind of have groundworks for like uh, academy show setting that time. You know? Yep. Like same and way I, you I, had this from Thirty Wine with Michelle Yeo leaving. So you know, which they're apparently still doing. Um, yep. I just want to point out some of the the great little acting moments I found in in these two. Um, <laughs> everything said by Delancey. He was particularly in episode two. He was just. I mean, do you guys sort of... find that uh, Q always uh, like no matter how long he is in an episode, there's just not enough of him in there? Oh um, yeah, completely agree. Yeah, I mean, I do think they have to be careful. Uh, the the problem with him because of the power level and just what he's capable of doing, like you have to be very, very judicious in how he's used pretty much at all times, or you can very easily derail a script with him being in there. Uh, but so far, they've done a pretty good job with it. Um, I particularly liked uh, um, 
I believe it was in the second episode where Gerardi gives that long neurotic speech to the seven to nine seven to nine's husband. And I just I mean, if she's gonna be the, the comic relief of this show, you could do worse than that. I'll give you that. I I I do agree with you, Boris. Like I don't think that she maybe it's because of how it was written and they were just trying to expedite it. Like the whole thing with her being all all tormented and shit didn't really work for me. Um, but if they're gonna make her like the audience surrogate and she's gonna be where all the comedy comes from, you could you could do worse than that. Um, yeah, I'll give you that. I also loved the uh, in the second episode when Rafi and Elnor were trying to get the shields down around the the Confederation oh, complex, moment, yeah. and she just lets Elnor get the shit kicked out of him while he's while she's trying to do the like because he's still yep. in the handcuffs, and she just lets these three guys kick the shit out of him. While she's trying to get the the shields off, and then she go when she, after she's done that, she goes, "Okay, go ahead, kick their asses." And he I takes. Love, I love their relationship. I mean, they 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 are so good together. It's just awesome. Well, I really think, and you know, I think I mentioned this during season one that scene where he just when Seven shows up to bail him up, bail him off the cube, and he just hugged her. He's becoming the emotional center of this show. In the sense of like, he's got he's still got that like the childlike innocence that he had early on, and he just loves these people like the, yep. these four or five people that have sort of become his family when he had to leave the co-op a lot. He just loves these people, and it's it's infectious almost. Like I don't even a lot of these characters I still don't even really like that much, but I appreciate what they, what they're doing. And then like he hugs Raffi after she saves him from the, the arrest, the arresting people. And I was just like, Oh, okay. I get, I get that this relationship is here. Okay. You know, yeah, for now it makes more sense than Raffi and seven being together. <laughs> yeah. Which they're, they haven't dropped. Um, uh, uh, they mentioned something about Raffi being upset because Seven didn't really want to commit to anything. Um, and then they had and, that uh, they had that like encounter when uh, uh, Raffi that she's married to the guy. And yeah. She's yeah. Like, oh, oh, masters your commitment. Oh, you're saying. married now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was I, another great moment. I did like Raffi's line when Picard mentions to her that Seven is the president, and and she just kind of goes. Oh, she's gonna wear that well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm curious to see like what I hope to see Q interact with all these other people, and like he's oh, he obviously probably will. I just a matter of time, I think. He's obviously um, gonna. I think he's gonna be the way you're gonna point out the differences between them and the TNG people, because um, obviously oh, yeah. he'll have he'll I'm have different. To... Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. You're fine. No, no. I was, I was just saying. I'm trying to remember if he's met Seven before when, yeah, when I, they did the Voyager episodes. I sort of question that. Like he's, they're talking about Q, and he's, she's there. Yeah. And Q was on she, Voyager like three or four times, and she never says anything. Yeah, yeah, like she, she knows about Q because of the stuff on Voyager. I just can't remember if she. With anything of the Q stuff. Well, Death I Wish, know Janeway was, but Death Wish was before her, before mm-hmm. she shows up on Voyager. And then yeah, I the other think... two episodes. Yeah, Q was three times on Voyager, I think. 
Q and Death Wish, Q and the Gray. And, and then later when the junior appears in the, the sixth or seventh two. season. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm wondering how much she actually had to do in those. Because like yeah, I said, I can't because I yeah, that's what I'm saying, because I can't remember if uh I can't remember if uh she was actually like a main character in any of those episodes. I don't think she was. It's been a while. So, yeah. But I was surprised there wasn't even a line dropped of like, oh, yeah, I was on Voyager and he showed up there a couple times. I didn't really deal with him that much. Because once again, you got people on this um, on this show that are writing a show that probably haven't watched Star Trek. You know, that's why we're finding out. I mean, yeah, you got like some of the stuff they're fixing that was bad. To a degree, one of the showrunners on this show and the person who actually came up with the idea is a writer writes a lot of the non-canon novels and they do a fuckload of research for those. Mm. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it could be, but just because they're like one writer on the show doesn't necessarily mean that whatever they say, you know, goes with whatever they decided to write, you know what I mean? Because that's kind of how like the writer's rooms go is that like you got like four or five people in there and like one person will get the credits for the ep- writing the episode or whatever, and mm-hmm. um, some of the stuff won't make it, some of the stuff will, and it kind of depends on how they feel like it's going in the episode. Like it would make, like maybe they thought it would make better sense if none of the people knew who Q was except for Picard. But it's yeah. like you can't forget, like you know, stuff that happened. Just like the thing with the refit, you know, yeah. uh, you know, the thing with uh, with Kine and and now this with uh, you know. Um, seven, not even mentioning Q. It's like there are little things like that where it's like, like we know that the like the real thing of it, and don't try to like like make up like your own version of it. Like you have to be in in a little bit. You know what I mean? It would be like I don't know. It'd be yeah, like Luke Skywalker, Luke Skywalker forgetting that Leia was his sister or something. Like yep. you know what I mean? Like it's just. No, you're 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 absolutely right. I did like the little. I did like the just because of my reaction to it. I did like the reference when Picard starts talking about Q, and Elnor in the corner is like, "Oh, I remember him from your autobiography." And I was just like, "Kid, you don't know shit. Shut the fuck up." Yeah. <laughs> well, he did mention a few times that he read that biography, so yeah, it makes now, sense I, for him to know everything about the admiral. You know, no, I hope looked up to. Right. I hope somebody actually publishes that Spock book. I want that. Dude, yeah. I I would I would completely read that if somebody actually if the the publisher that does the book line actually made something out of that, I would absolutely read it. Um but yeah, I've been I've been really impressed with it. It, it I we, I do have to say though for season 3 and I don't know if this is what they're going to do or not, I would like a moratorium on all Borg shit. For the final season, at least, because um, I do think they're sort of, I do think they're sort of relying on it too much. But whatever. Well, I think they're, uh, I think they're just kind of like going through Picard's greatest hits. I mean, you know, the Romulans, um, the Borg. Um, who knows? Maybe see uh, Q. Maybe season three, we're gonna get. Um, you know, I'm trying to think. Well, I mean, maybe. I mean, he did have a dust up with the Cardassians, but I don't even know what the Cardassians' status well, is right now. Well, you know, now. there was the whole uh, the whole thing with Wash and archaeology, and you know, oh Vash, yeah. oh please, yeah, so no, I... more, no more Vash, please God. What, what, you, don't, you don't like Vash? <laughs> no, no, I loved I loved Vash. I thought she was a great character. 
Uh. Yeah, Wash was Wash was great, but you know, there's a lot of things that they can do with Picard, and I, yeah. I think I think we're gonna see some pretty good stuff uh, coming up and in the next season. Yep. I also do think that I think it's interesting to see, um, even for Picard, like how much more comfortable he is with this group of people than he was. Like mm, when he yeah. when he. Goes when he first goes onto the Stargazer, and I noticed this for some reason. When he first goes onto the Stargazer in episode one, and he sees Rios, he refers to him by first name, mm. which he never did. In he never did that in season one. He always called him Rios. And when he first steps on the bridge, he calls him Chris. And I was just like, oh, well, that I take that to mean you know he's actually stayed close to these people in that intervening period. Um, I- well, I think well that that's was what lesson. I mentioned. Like you have that during the tap, like there was a lot of like character development that was happening off screen, which yep. because of what they went through in season one, they're like a lot closer together now than they were at the end of season one. And you can the right. way they act out every yeah. time when they meet him, especially and then go back to season two when they meet each other and they figure out, you know, go to seven yeah. and nine and Rio's talking, trying to figure out if the other one is conscience of what happened like, yep all the little details the way they act them out is just like perfectly yeah and shows and I, you I like took, how close they that, are as a group of people and you're absolutely right and i took that all as you know because i was thinking you know a lot of these shows uh kind of refuse to move characters forward a lot so like when the second season started i was like is he just going to be now that the whole thing with the sims is over with is he going to be back on the vineyard just back to being a recluse weirdo and uh the fact that he's still you know because i was like oh is he just basically going to tell all the la serena people to pound it and just go back to the vineyard um and the fact that he's still Yep. And the fact that he still obviously has relationships with them in that year and a half or however long it was, you know, kind of shows that he has evolved a little bit from where he was. Um, Well, I think I think the problem is that they had forgotten the lesson he learned at the end of TNG, where the whole time he spent on the Enterprise with that crew, he never really hung out with them. He never. I mean, he called them certain some people by their first names or whatever, but it was always like a distance. He always kept a distance from his yeah. uh, senior office, and then yeah, and that's that's what um, you know. Um, all good things shows is at the end is that you know he joins them for the poker game, and he's like, "I should have done this a long time ago." And yeah, then right, you see like, that you're always welcome. Yeah, and then and then you see that throughout the movies, how you know how friendly he becomes with everybody, and it's almost like they forgot all of that in season one, and he becomes like this like larger than life guy or whatever who like you know in the in the uh, flashbacks with Rafi, you know, keeps Rafi kind of like you know a little bit away or whatever instead of as friendly as they seem to be, and um, you know. You kind of see him trying to be like friends in season one, but it's almost like he, like, like I said, forgot those lessons. And now finally it's showing that, like, you know, he's becoming more friendlier with everybody. Yep. Yeah, no. And I, I love one other moment that I loved. And obviously, they're, you know, they're still kind of addressing the, the really weird sort of awkward relationship between Rios and Gerardi mm. when they're on the, uh, 
when they're on the planet with where Soji was with her, uh, at one point, I think the Stargazer was also there, like transporting them or something. Mm-hmm. And she she contacts Rios by communicator, and he goes, "I'm confused." Never speak to me again was the last thing you ever said to me. What are you doing? <laughs> Must have been a bad breakup, but not so bad, I think. Yeah. Well, that whole thing was just weird. Like, I thought their whole relationship was just weird. Well, you know, one, it but... has been a year and a half since we last saw them. Who knows what happened? Yep. So, yeah, I think we'll get into that probably. Um well, it just kind of seemed forced because, like, it was almost like you need to have like a relationship on the show because, you know, yeah. um, you know, back in TNG they had, uh, you know, uh, Riker and Troy, and then on Voyager you had um, uh, Paris and Balak. You know what I mean? So it's like, you yep. know, you had Worf and um, uh, Jazia on um, um, DS9 on uh, DS9. Thank you, and. Um, you know, so it was almost like they were trying to like force a relationship or whatever. And it's like, listen, the show is called Picard for a reason. Like, it's about Jean Luc Picard. Like, don't bother with all this other nonsense that you're trying to squeeze yeah, into ten episodes. That's why yep. I find Rafi and Sam's relationship also kind of forced. That's a good. Reasoning. Yeah. Well, and I, I'm. I mean, I don't disagree with that, but I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna pull something here with outside knowledge of the actors. Um, and obviously they're trying to do, you know, some sort of, uh, same sex thing, which fine, you know, great do do that. I have no issue with that. I would think in a, in a, in a time period where humanity is more quote unquote evolved than we are now, that would be less of a problem. Like no one would, no one would, you know, no one would be like, standing behind a religious pulpit screaming about how awful that is or anything. Yep. Yep. What I find funny is that Alison Pill, the woman who plays Drati, is a lesbian and yet they have her with a guy and they pair off the other two women. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, like I said, yeah. I, I tried I, I, yeah. Yeah, I try to stay away from those waters, but like I, yeah. I've, I've seen people like you know complain about like you know for example, um, uh, uh, Patrick Neil Harris, you know, um, yeah, you know, being like you know Barney on How I Met Your Mother, but then like you have like a like a straight guy doing a gay guy or whatever in like another show or whatever, and it's yeah. like you know I don't I'm know. Not, I'm not bothered by it. I just thought it was yeah. a weird. When I just thought it was a weird choice when like you have a you have a lesbian person on the show already, like why not just do that? You know? Yeah. I kind of <laughs> figured that they thought that just she and Rafi or she and Seven just would have like really an awkward pairing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. No, for and sure. what they're doing so, actually, like, and, what they're doing and if you're gonna go like, you know, Soji they could have done something with Soji maybe. So when you look at the cast in general, like, yeah, but like when you look at the cast in general, like only if you're going to pair any females, like you kind of know it's going to be, makes sense to be that it's going to be round seven. Yep. And I actually would much rather, I mean, if the, if Rafi's plot this season is going to be, you know, her kind of pining over seven of nine, I'd much rather have that than all the weird drunken shit they were doing with her last year. Oh yeah, for sure, man. Um, 
And apparently Rios getting he, drunk, uh, Rafi getting drunk, uh, and then we had Girardi get. I was just knock it off. I mean, yep. These, I also yeah, but they all have, have the reasons, you know, ever like yep. bad that might have been. Yeah, but they I, should be okay. more evolved than we are. They should not have to go through those issues like we do necessarily. Yeah, you know? exactly. There should have been a patch that they just put on their forehead and they get drunk completely. You actually have to go through the process of drinking. Wanted to, who wanted to strip all interpersonal conflict out of everything. Um. Well, they, uh, I mean, they have synthol, which, like, you know, at least in yep. TNG, they did, um, where it's like the taste of alcohol, but like without the alcoholic effects or whatever. Well, but I mean, they do have, they do have alcoholic beverages <laughs> in. Yeah, Star they Trek do. thing, they you know, do. with like Romulan ale and you know shit like that. So Sorry I mean, and brandy. You know, Sorry and brandy. brandy. Yeah. The uh, I'm pretty sure the the way Synthahol worked, if I remember correctly, was that you could get drunk off of it, but you could also shake it off almost immediately. So like, yeah. if you, if you did that and you did want to get drunk off of it, and then you're like a bridge officer who has to go do something, there was some way you could almost immediately just kick it off. Um, and I do have to credit the another another uh, phase of the script. And uh, there have been absolutely zero uses of the word "fuck" through the first two hours. Um, yeah, but there was a, them. but there was a bullshit. Yeah, but I can um, handle bullshit. I can handle bullshit. Yeah, but bullshit and, makes more sense, especially if it was a reference to Q. Because wasn't it Picard saying yeah, Q? I am yeah. too tired of your bullshit. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, I'm tired and too old for your bullshit. <laughs> but yep. Lord Capitan, which, make, we're which makes sense. Again. Yep, I'm just I'm dying to see Q interact with the rest of these people. Like, I can almost kind of predict. I can at least predict what one of them is going to be. Like, he's going to pop up in front of Girati, and she's just going to start going off with all this yeah. scientific with all this scientific crap, and he's just going to be like, "You're boring. Go away." Yeah. <laughs> and he'll make her disappear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no but i've been i've been very impressed with this so far i'm looking forward to the rest of the season not that i wasn't anyway but um they basically took all of my complaints from season one and probably not entirely corrected them but showed that they were willing to move away from them at least um yeah so what yeah. do you guys think we're gonna see in 2024 I think we're going. It's going to be. There's. I mean, I was talking to Corey. Like we were talking about how, if season one was a nine eleven reaction, this whole thing is a Trump reaction. Um. So, and I'm I'm also going to push back on something that you said a while ago, Boris. Like, you mentioned that it bothers you when this show like reflects the real world too much to me that's what good science fiction always does i don't think that's necessarily what i don't think that's what i said necessarily but maybe at one point i did but only to a certain degree but yeah i get it yeah i I don't i don't i don't like i i like when they take when they take certain aspects and they mesh it into like their own sphere and they make it like their own thing but like i don't like it when they just go like you know when it's clearly like and like something with like you know let's say trump like 
I, I don't like it when they go like, oh, okay, look at this dictatorist president, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, like I get it. Like, I, I get that you don't like a particular party or you don't like whatever, but like, I don't need like that kind of stuff meshing into my truck. I, I like yes, how they take, exactly. I like how they take like, like, for example, measure of a man or, um, you know, the stuff when far um, beyond the stars. Yeah. And then when Jordy, um, had the issues, with his visor and then like they were making like the thing about him being blind you know like oh wouldn't you have fixed that already when he was talking to the Romulan like I like I like when it's like subtle and like when it's overarching like and it's not like hitting you over the head with it but it's the yeah, hitting you over the head yeah, with or it or Jadzia's gay episode was pretty yeah. dope yeah yeah and, sure, and like and like the episode with Beverly when you first find out about the trills and um and like you know she has mm. the issue with you know him becoming a her and stuff like that so like i like how it's like overt things and it's not like hitting you over the head you know what i mean like look, yeah. this is what we're doing to you look this is this is an analog for this you know and it's like oh all right that was about that and that okay and that's what their thought is on it yep. or something so you, you know I, mean? so I look you abstract you want some degree of subtlety here, then? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah like so sure. yeah. forth. Because sci-fi, is always going to borrow from real-world events. Like the, that's almost unescapable. But yep. I think how it takes them and how he processes them, processes them into whatever they're doing. Like he should be sub subtle. Like, yeah, uh, like, like, like what was? They're beating you over the head with it. Like what was that episode with uh, um, Cisco when they got to like the sixties and he was like a news reporter or something? Far beyond the stars. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that was what he mentioned. Stars. We're actually yeah, doing yeah. that one at some point. On the yeah. So like, like that one, like I, I liked how, like, you know, how Cisco was portrayed in it, and I liked how, um, my my, I'm spacing on the actor's name, but I liked how he his performance was. Amy Brooks. Um, Avery Brooks, yes. Um, how how his performance was in that episode, you know what I mean? And so it's like, you know, so I guess not necessarily like modern mm -hmm. day stuff per se, but like you could bring in like like older stuff like they did in that, or um, you know, modern day stuff like they used to do in uh, you know, in in the old Trek show in uh, '66. Um, you know, like they would touch on certain aspects and whatever, and they would try to like say, "Oh, look, you know, we've moved past the fact that you know, hey, look, there's a Russian on the bridge of the Enterprise." Like, you know what I mean? Yep. Or, hey, uh, yeah, um, Kirk and um and Nahara are uh, kissing. You know what I mean? Like shit like oh, that. Dude, like, Russian you know at the mean? bridge of the Enterprise that would really work really well in today's world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Thank. Now, yep, Justin, I do think you're right, and that's. You know, I'm hoping that, you know, and I'm I'm also, as good as these first two have been, I still think there's a lot of potential for this to go up their rails, depending on exactly what they do when they go to 2024 because yeah like like the like for me the first episode was was definitely an improvement the second episode is kind of giving me a little bit of pause just because of the way yep. it is yep and I, like i said i've been very pleased with the first two but i'm worried i do have a little bit of concern that they could uh get very very agenda-y going forward if they're mm -hmm. gonna spend a lot of time in in essentially a time period that is two years from now um so you know i'm still optimistic because as i said the first two hours were 
were very good in my book. So I'm giving them a lot of credit with what they've done to this point. Uh, but I could see a lot of ways in which this could go completely sideways if they allow the uh, agenda box checking to overtake whatever story there I is. I do here. hope that they will touch at least a little bit on the Bell Riots or that, you know, we will be kind of... I think, because... they're, going, I think they're going to because I think I saw in one of the previews signs for the Sanctuary. Yeah, because so I, at the I end of the Deep Space Nine uh, doubleheader, like Cisco said, that the Bell Riots weren't resolved immediately, but it was a process that eventually led to, you know, Third World War and the exploration yep. of space and whatnot. And 2024 was when the Bell Riots were, so they could. Yep. Um, Except they were, and they were in San Francisco, they're going to LA, so it's pretty close. It's all yep. California. So. And, well, you know, all those sanctuaries uh, were located all over the USA, so it's, that's yeah, not an issue. It would have spread, spread, exactly, yeah. Shown Rios getting arrested and shit, and I wonder if he'll end up in one of them. Um, so I don't know. It's certainly yeah, possible. This is, this is going to test their Trek knowledge and like what they're going to do by, by going into the past, knowing that it's so close to important events like the Bell Riots and, and World War Three, and, and you're just out of the eugenics wars. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where like we're really going to see if they know what they're talking about in this, in this show. Yeah. Yep. 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 Exactly. All right. Was there anything else that you guys wanted to bring up? before we uh... Uh, I mean I, think... I can only say like I love what they're doing with the first two episodes at the level of writing and acting is uh, better than what they were doing with season one and that's mm -hmm. coming from somebody who actually enjoyed season one uh, yep. more than you guys and yep. so far two episodes in like I'm loving it a lot more than season one and if they and I hope that this level of writing slash acting slash doing is what they keep up. And if that's yep. the case, like it's going to be a phenomenal season. Oh, I hope so too. Yeah. This is a good start. So hopefully they'll keep it that way. Yeah. I just want a more Q man. Give me more. Oh, Q. I'm sure we'll get that. I, I don't oh, think, yeah, yeah. I don't think they brought Delancey back just for what we've seen so far. I would bet there has to be more. Um, yeah, yeah, there's no know. way to bring him back just for what he was there now. So, what and you guys uh, did see the trailer, so like you know, I'm guessing he shows up more. Here's one point I had though that I was kind of curious about, and I guess we can close on this. Uh, Picard actually mentions before they go collect everybody to in that dialogue scene he has with Q, he's like, "Are you not well? Like what? What showed him that?" I didn't see Q acting any differently than he ever does. So, like, I what? don't know, man. I kind of did. I, I didn't I've... catch it. Like, yeah, I don't know the reason behind that. Yeah, he's uh, he he looked a stable, and it was like, I don't know. He just he didn't really his look like self. his normal. Yeah, yeah. And so I think that's why, like, you know, especially when he like hit Picard because I don't think he's ever hit him before. No, you know, and, and he too, made yeah. him bleed. No, you know what I mean? That, and, did, that did remind me of um. The deep Cisco space punching Q. Where Cisco, they they did this thing like in a boxing ring, and Cisco punches him in the face, mm. and he just Picard never hit me. I'm not Picard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Good it just kind of seems like he's like an angrier Q, which I mean, we'll see what happens with that. I don't, you know, we'll see 
the yeah. reason why he's so angry. You know, I, I just don't want like Q to be angry just because it's like we're in angry times, you know, or whatever. I don't know, man. It could I... be. I mean, it could be that Q popped up into the 32nd century and <laughs> saw what was going on with the Discovery crew. And he just wanted to, and he just went back to Picard, and he decided I'm gonna screw up, or screw with my best friend's life again, because that's yeah. what I like to do when I need to blow steam off. I also think that um, I hope they didn't give right. him like space COVID or something. You're right, Justin, <laughs> but I also wonder if this is, you know, they're trying to get him back to not necessarily being the comic relief thing all the time, and this is what how they decided to do that, I guess. Yeah, uh, which I mean, he he's he. He always had a great like balance between the comic relief and the uh, judge, jury, and executioner of the human. Yep. Yep. Like uh, yep. he always had that nice blend, but in this one, he just seems overly angry. Like it's just weird. Like he comes yeah. in like very hot, hot under the collar, and it's like, dude, like I wonder. I very confrontational. I'm, I'm trying to give the the Q character some credit here, but I I, I mm. wonder if you're gonna find out that like. He's going to have some other speech with Picard where he's going to be like, you know, you as a species have actually, you know, I initially thought that you were this, you know, race of mouth breathers or whatever, and you have actually made a lot of progress. And then something like this happens and and you are exactly what I said you were going to be. (laughs) You know, I don't know. Or I don't know, man. Make but... it, or if they're gonna make it something where like he's gonna get kicked out of the continuum again because of what the humans did or something. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Maybe Corbin Burnson will show up and repower him again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so all right. I think that about hits everything we wanted to with this, and we will continue to do the weeklies on this and well Discovery is over next week, I believe. So we'll be down to one. Um and, okay, so just a heads up for like the future Star Trek podcasts and stuff. Yeah, uh, Formula One season is starting uh, next Sunday. That's okay. uh, kind of gonna change our timelines on when we do these. Like, because you, you want to watch you, fucking people drive in circles. Awesome. Exactly. <laughs> Formula One is exactly. not in circles. So we're just gonna have to do like a later time. Okay. Well, what I'm going to do for this week, because Corey's going out of town for a, a uh, for a thing, and uh, so we're going to watch Discovery and Picard on Thursday before she leaves. So then I will be able to do any time after that next week. Um, Sweet. So whatever. Well, and I got Sunday off. Okay. So, uh, yeah. However, uh, let me check my schedule real quick. However we want to mm-hmm. work I'll have Friday both. work. Like, I'll I cannot do Friday. I can do Saturday. But if, if we're going to stick with Sunday, okay. Uh, so it's PMR time. I don't know whether we're changing the clocks back or well, not. I'm getting, a, I'm getting a mattress delivered on Saturday at some point, so I might have to duck well, out. Saturday, I can't do Saturday because I got to work afternoon. But okay. uh, Sunday, oh. like after 11 a.m., your time. Uh, well, that can probably uh, work. Yeah, we can. We can. We can, fig- we can figure it out. I can do yeah, it. Yeah, we've got time to figure it out. That's fine, and I'll have them both in the bag by Friday anyway, so it's fine. Um, yeah, all right. So Boris and Milos and I are going to go on to do Discovery real quick. Um, yep. And, and I'm going to bounce out. Yep, Justin. Thank you for joining us. For now, I have to ask, considering that your initial commitment was premiere only. 
What are you gonna uh, do? Yes. Yeah, I think he's sticking around. Yeah, I I'm gonna. I'm gonna uh... Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna watch it until you know I hate it. I guess I don't know. It's kind of kind of what I do with it. Honestly, it's gonna get to a point where I'm gonna be like, I gotta finish it just because. Like, even if even if I start like not liking it like halfway through, it I have like this. Like I gotta finish it because it's just like it'll sit there like you know the next episode is there and it's like you know I mean unless it's something I absolutely hate like Iron Fist never finished Iron Fist I think I got like two or three episodes in and I just did not complete it um you know I finished um, season one yeah I mean so I, can, I can I can yeah, whatever her name is Hennig Hennig whatever like she's the only saving grace of that show really yeah. I thought she was terrible there was nobody good on that show. <laughs> yeah, but she's good. She's she's good looking. So like, hey, well, and uh, the the, 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 guy, the guy that ended up playing uh, the master in uh, Doctor Who. Oh yeah, Sasha Dewan. Yeah, he was good. Yeah, he's in there. So like, there's that. Yep. All right. Yeah. So we will we will reconvene this panel next week for episode three of Picard. Um, yes, sir. Which. Yeah, so uh, hopefully this will continue on the upward track it's been on. So, yeah. Hopefully. All right, guys. I'm going to – I'll set up another room for the Discovery one, yeah? Yep. Sweet. See All you right. in a few. Yep. Thank you so. Later.